Hey guys, this is The Gathering Podcast. Really glad you've decided to check us out. We have teachings from Sunday mornings. We have what we call cold reading, where we read scripture that we'll be looking at this coming Sunday. And occasionally we'll have a testimonial or an interview with somebody who helps with The Gathering. Hope that you enjoy this, and let's dive into today's content. So this scripture is Luke chapter 24, 44 through 53. If, are there's going to be words on the screen? There is? Okay, these may be a little bit different, but don't let that freak you out because that kind of makes a point too. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses The prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. And that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed as his name to all in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. You see, I am sending upon you, and see, I am sending upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with the power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany and lifted up his hands and he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple blessing God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Dear God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be true and pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So within the church calendar, you know the church calendar, we have Easter and we have Christmas. And this is Ascension Sunday. Ascension Sunday. They put it on the Christian calendar so that we can tell the story again. Because you see, ascension of Jesus, the rising up of Jesus into heaven, is part of the complete foundations of our faith to be Christian. When we make a statement about what it means to be Christian, this is one of the things that we believe that Jesus ascended into heaven and sits in heaven with God. We believe that. Now, I can't scientifically prove it to you. I don't want to. Because it's a belief statement. I believe that it happened. Just as much as I believe that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And I believe that God created heaven and earth. And I believe all those things. Now, there are some details, some modes some ways of doing things that are different within, within Christianity. When we have Holy Communion, who is allowed to participate in that and who's not allowed within the Christian church throughout the world? 
Well, there are differences. Some churches think that some people should or shouldn't take communion. Within this community of faith, anybody who wants to participates in Holy Communion. When it comes to baptism, can you baptize babies or not? Then that is a difference. That's a difference. That's a unique thing that different groups of Christians look at. So I'm not talking about those kind of details for the foundations of the faith. The foundations of faith include that Jesus ascended into heaven. And there we know he resides there. So the, the fact that it is a, a foundation of the faith, then we look back at exactly what did he do that day. Now, in the story, then Jesus had been resurrected from the dead, Easter. He had been resurrected from the dead about 40 days, about 40 days. And then he gets with his closest people and he teaches them again. And so he teaches them again that everything that he taught them from the, what we would call the Old Testament, are things that were leading up to the promise that Jesus the Messiah, Jesus the Christ, is the one that is to be the Savior of the world. Everything had promised that, but he helped them continue to realize that he is the one. He is the one. And with that, with that good news that he is the one to save the world, then there's also the promise of repentance and forgiveness. Now, when we talk about repentance, we know, we know that there's some, some expectations of God. We know that there's a, a, a good way to live, as Scripture tells us, And when we live according to God's desires, then we are in good relationship with God. We know that there are things that we can do that are not within God's desire. They're called sin. When we do things that are not in God's desire, then that gets in the way of our relationship with God. So we need to have a way that we can, we can make it right with God. And so there's two things that Jesus is telling us that the scriptures taught him. That you repent. And when you repent, then when you ask for forgiveness, it'll be given. Now repent just means turn around. It means turn around. So if your life is focused on sin... Then turn around and face God. Turn around and face God. So with that teaching of turning away and facing God, turn away from that sin. Then when you ask for forgiveness, that forgiveness will be given. It will. Now that's good news, my friends. That's good news. Because back in their day, Man, if they blew it, if they had committed sins, they had to go find something to sacrifice that was equal with their sin. So they may get a little dove, and they would sacrifice that dove, and that would be equal with their sin. 
And if they did a larger sin, they may need a lamb to be sacrificed. If they needed uh, committed a bigger sin, then they may even have to slaughter a cow. They would shed the blood of an innocent animal to take up for their sin. You see, Jesus changed all that. Nobody sacrifices animals anymore. Jesus took care of that. And in our lives, when it comes to our sin, no matter if it's big or small, then it's Jesus that paid the price. Jesus offered the sacrifice himself for all sins, your sins and mine. And so when we think about what Jesus did, then that is regard to the repentance and the forgiveness. That's good news. That's good news. And so Jesus said that it needs to be proclaimed. That's another way of saying preached. But I don't want to say preached because that sounds like that's the paid people that do that. That's not what that means. It means everybody should share. Everybody should tell the good news about repentance and forgiveness. And as people share that, then to who? To who? Back in that day, Jesus would get fussed at all the time by the Jewish people. The Jewish Pharisees, the people that were kind of in charge, Jesus would get fussed at because he was hanging out with people that didn't agree with their lifestyle, with their nation. They were the Jewish people. So they did not marry outside of their religion, outside of their nation. They didn't do business with people outside of their nation. Everything was focused on being part of the Jewish nation. And they were very resentful of people who tried to inflict upon that. So what Jesus is saying is reflective on his life. Because Jesus would hang out with the Samaritans, who in the Jewish people's eyes were just horrible people. Jesus actually talked to some of the Roman people, the Roman guards, even though they were despised by the Jewish people. And so Jesus was doing things outside the norm, and Jesus is telling his disciples right there and then that they should go to all nations and tell them the good news, the good news of repentance and the good news of forgiveness. That's what they're asked to do. That's what they're told to do. Now, now, there's a little breakdown in translation. When I say nations, when Scripture says nations, then the, the original New Testament was written in Greek. So when you look back and see that that Greek word there is ethnos, ethnos, which is the root word for ethnic, ethnic. And so Jesus is saying, because they, they didn't have boundaries like we have boundaries. They didn't have geopolitical divisions within the world like we do now. 
I mean, you know, borders, we talk about borders a lot. The river south of here. And so Jesus would be saying, go and tell the good news to the people across the border. That's true. But he was also saying to other ethnicities. In other words, tell the good news to people that don't look like you. That don't go to the same schools. That didn't go to the same college. They'll talk to people and share the wonderful news of God to people that you don't even know yet. That's what ethnos means. That's what nations mean. People of, of folks who ain't Jewish. It, uh, we have a bishop that writes wonderful books. And he wrote this book. He said, old people want young people to go to church as long as young people act like old people. Old people want young people to go to church as long as young people act like old people. So there's, you see, there's, there can be a breakdown. Now, that doesn't happen in our church. Never. Uh-uh. But you can see a breakdown. Even age groups can be a different ethnicity, a different culture group. That's why I love this so much. It's just whatever. I love that. Whatever. Who's supposed to love Jesus? Whatever. It's a whatever. It's great. And so when we see what Jesus has in store for us with repentance and forgiveness, and I'm not talking about just passive forgiveness. I'm saying Jesus forgives you no matter what you did. You just say, Jesus, I don't want that in my life anymore. I'm turning away from that. And Jesus will be with you. Jesus will embody, embolden you, and Jesus will equip you so you can step away from the sin. And when you step away from the sin, then the love pours over and Jesus says, I forgive you. God says, I forgive you. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter. You turn away from it and you're forgiven. People ask, Who is the last person to forgive us for our sins? Who is the hardest one to convince to forgive forgive us for our sins? And the answer is the person you see in the mirror. The person you see in the mirror is usually the hardest person that will forgive you. We have trouble forgiving ourselves. And sometimes we have trouble forgiving others. But the good news tells us that we should forgive others because God forgives us. So we need to forgive others. Now, that does not mean that we excuse the bad behavior. We do not have to excuse, but we do have to forgive. And I think you can see the difference. And also, when we think about Jesus standing there, giving these final, final directions to life. And then he just goes up into heaven. He goes up into heaven. Now, this is really interesting because it it brings a close to that life 
for his followers. It brings a, a, a transition point. They have had him with them as they went through their life. They had had him with them as they would learn and also as they would teach, as they would go out and talk to people and serve them. But he was always there. They come, there comes a time that they have to do it on their own. That's kind of what graduation Sunday is about. It's a transitional day. We know when our kids get old enough to graduate, to get out of the nest, then we have to trust that they're going to be okay when they're outside of our reach, outside of our presence. When we drop off our kids when they're little at the babysitter or at the grandparents' house, we just don't know how they're going to act outside of our presence. And then when we hear those glowing reports of how good they act at grandma's house or at the babysitter, and we wonder how the heck they can't act like that for us. This is a moment that Jesus is giving them everything they need, his closest followers, so that they can continue in the ministry without his physical presence. And they did. Because he said, even though they were overwhelmed, even though they were overwhelmed, in fact, here's how overwhelmed they were. Now, the Gospel of Luke was written by Luke. Acts was written by Luke also. So there's a little bit of overlap and a little bit more information. And it says, while he was going and they were gazing upon toward heaven, while he was going up, suddenly two men in white robes suddenly appeared. They said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? Because he had gone up to heaven. This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him going into heaven. So this passage lets us know when Jesus returns and the promise is he will return, he will come back through the clouds just like he went up through the clouds. And so we should expect it. We should expect it today, tomorrow, for the rest of the time. We should expect that. So when they're standing there in their overwhelmed state, Jesus said, I want you to stay in the city and wait for power from on high. Then they had to go back to a certain semblance, although they go to the temple and worship him constantly. So what happened? What happened? Well, here's what happened. You'll find out next week. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey guys, thanks for joining us again. And look forward to hopefully seeing you one day at the gathering. Or if you're just a digital subscriber, keep listening. Send us your prayer request and uh, 
reach out to us if you need anything. Have a blessed week.